Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Okay, let's see if I can remember how to do this. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to an edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast, a hockey podcast that takes a look at the world of hockey and ice hockey, if you're from the UK, across the world. As always, I'm your host, Marty, alongside Dave. Hey. John. Hello. And Aaron. Hey. Guys, it's been a long, long time. How's it going? What are your names again? Just run through that <laughs> one more time for me. We've had a uh, two months hiatus, shall we say? I think yeah, about two months since we were last in this room together. Probably even were we in the room? Yeah, we were. I yep. think. Um, but we are we back. Had coffee in between. We did. That's true. But we that one time. Recording. That one time we had coffee. But we're back. Uh, we all got drunk that one time too. Did you get married in between? I did. Oh, that goes that goes in my next part. It's fine. Let's do you want to talk about that now? No, go ahead. Sorry. No. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we jumped we'll again on, sorry. <laughs> no, um yes, um John, you did. You got married since our last um since our last get together. I did. Shall we say? Um and and uh, you're now a old married man, as I texted you the other day. I am. Um, yes. And how's how's married life treating you? Uh it's great living with my father in law. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an interesting one. It is, yeah. Catherine still living in Glasgow at the minute, and uh, I was going to say, are you going to add context to that? <laughs> you know, does people know that you live with your father-in-law? Well, they do now. <coughs> yeah. So take pity on me the next time you see me at uh, a game and buy me a pint because I live with my father-in-law. Oh, tiny violins right there. Yeah. No, you thanks, guys. Oh, tiny violin. There, we'll add that in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, as I said, we've had two months. Uh, we've been. On a bit of a break from hockey really in the last month or so after the stanley cup playoffs finished um which we'll talk about in um period two um but we can literally count on think the fingers on our hands how many weeks we have left before the season and our, our first bit of action takes place and we will talk about um how many weeks is that morning that's eight weeks roughly oh right okay seven. i was gonna ask is this like a weird like dig at fife again nope. about counting on two hands like, oh, it's 11 weeks away uh, <laughs> <laughs> no we have a uh, seven eight weeks to the first uh bits of action of the season um in the pre-game in the pre-season games um which we will talk about in period one of hockey um <laughs> and we'll talk about obviously uh the chl action which is coming up as well uh, at the end of august for the giants and the cardiff devils um so a good bit to talk about a good bit to catch up on and um, we'll talk about that we'll talk about uh signings across the league we'll get your thoughts on some of the signings there and we'll get some ideas we'll get your thumb your thoughts on the uh the trades and the and the the changes in the nhl as well and as well as some of the other stuff if you're new to our show the episode is split into three just like a game of hockey three periods focusing on local hockey coverage uh f- from around the uk hockey from across the world be that uh the states canada russia Europe, anywhere, wherever we want like to be, across the world. In the world. And then our last period focuses on hockey, any other hockey-related stories. So guys, if you're ready, um, let's get stuck into period one of hockey. Okay, period one of hockey uh, is our local coverage, local stories, um, and a roundup just of stuff that's going on. Um, guys, I gonna get. Let's get the ball rolling. Um, we obviously last time we were together all talking uh, on this podcast, we were obviously at the end of our last season. The uh, the Giants took took the the league win, uh, and the Challenge Cup win, and the Earnhardt Conference, um, and the Cardiff Devils, uh, and that last playoff weekend took the playoff uh, championship. 
to deny the Giants from uh, doing a full proper um, Grand Slam. Uh, since then, obviously, there's been a lot of stuff happening. We had the uh, GB International uh, conf the, the championships there um, playing against the likes of uh, Canada and the US. And, and that was a crazy kind of period for the, for the teams. And they've been able to um, retain their position within the top flight hockey for next season as well. Uh, so congrats to those guys. But at the same time, I'm going to start with uh, what came out of that and we'll kind of this is start us off the ball rolling a bit. Um, coming from that and on that weekend, that last weekend of that came the news of few changes shall we say um to the lineups uh, in terms of coaching um here in the elite league and that starts off with obviously the uh the news um that pete russell was leaving the uh brayhead nope sorry Glasgow clan. <laughs> they just put a tweet out today saying it's officially a year since we rebranded and everyone's like you did what <laughs> the uh since since he uh, he announced it that weekend uh the glasgow uh, that he was leaving the glasgow clan for pastures new uh heading to germany um a lot of he took a lot of flack um i think it's right to say um he took a lot of um criticisms from both fans not even just for, for his own for his own team but also fans across the league uh let's get your thoughts on that first and foremost um we haven't really had a chance to talk about that what what are your thoughts um we'll start off john, john do you want to start firstly congratulations to uh, the clan for putting out a terrible uh, video before gb had even left for uh, the world championships showing pete russell signing what was a complete donkey of a contract um, they put that out all over their social media saying, oh, he's coming back for another season. It's been awesome. And then he didn't even come back from Europe before he told them that he wasn't coming back. Uh, couldn't even do the... Do them the... the the right end for them of actually telling them. To be fair, he did get one step further than flipping Doug Christensen at the playoffs, getting dropped off in Sheffield on his way home. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, he bought his own flight, maybe he bought his own flight to go to his new team instead of coming back. Um, but yeah, it's just hilarious the way that um, contracts, they talk about multi-year contracts and it doesn't matter whether it's coaches or players or whatever else. The Elite League is still not in a position that a multi-year contract means anything. Apparently a contract that you sign two weeks prior doesn't mean anything um now you could tell from the way that the clan took it on social media and publicly that they were annoyed they were pissed yeah but in reality do we think that pete russell um will have suffered as a result of that probably not i don't think so i think what you're mentioning there i think is a very interesting point in that again it, it takes us back to the appropriateness of uh official um social media accounts and who controls the social media accounts for certain teams and takes back to that whole thing around where we've talked before about how sometimes they, they don't have the right tone or sometimes they maybe say things maybe that you should have thought about before putting up but i mean you're talking uh, in this instance where um you had brayhead glasgow <laughs> glasgow saying coming out and basically being quite well, they were blunt disposing signs because obviously they were frustrated and annoyed, but it came across very unprofessional. The way they put their, their tweet across was, was like, you it know, was almost like it was grave fun. with grave disappointment or whatever it was that he uh, told us very abruptly that he was leaving. I was like, did you really need to put it in that way? But hey, whatever. You see it all the time with whenever the Giants step away from players and things. They do it, usually do it really concise and they just, you know, so-and-so has moved on and you know, wish them all the best for the future endeavors, blah, blah, blah. 
you know by reading between the lines, you know yourself how the way, the way it's been to post, how the team will feel about it. Um, and there's no need to go into that sort of granularity and actually put in things that you know no. people know whenever it's not quite right. Is it um, worth pointing out as well the fact that even prior to the official announcement, pretty much the entire time that GB were away at the World Championships, all of the online, online rumour was Pete Russell's going to Germany. Yep. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone on their dog was talking about it, saying Pete Russell's going to Germany. Haven't you heard? Pete Russell's going to Germany. I still do think, though, that, that it's the it's the best thing for him, really, than any of these coaches. They get a chance to go abroad, even if they go away for... Look at um, Tomo, as much as he didn't do great when he got back, but he had went away and learned a lot and just hadn't improved as much as we expected him to. Can I point some one other thing out, just when we talk about that? Um, Tomo, obviously, um, he... Stepped aside from the GB uh, coaching role before he ended up moving away from Sheffield. So he stepped completely away from both programs. Now that Pete Russell is stepping aside from uh, working in GB with the GB players, um, either coaching them or um, coaching teams against them, or at least seeing them on a weekly basis, he's moving away. Going to be looking at players and working with players that he's not going to have anything to do with in the national program. You've got... His first assistant coach, or second assistant coach, I think as he is, Corey Nielsen, who's also not coaching in the UK anymore. Uh, that leaves you with Adam Keefe, who is currently the only um, GB coaching member of staff who is coaching here in this league. Um, do we see a change at the top in GB, or does Pete Russell still have that thing that keeps him there because of the last few seasons yeah do they retain him no i'd say i say pete russell's still gonna stay where he is because of obviously where he's got them in the last couple of seasons i don't think they'll want to mess around with that formula i just think that um yeah i don't i don't think they're gonna make any change i don't think it's gonna be any does any that mean an enhanced role ups. for keith not necessarily um maybe there'd be more of a an onus um on on Kiefer. When it comes to selection, maybe, well, maybe that, but also maybe Pete will just be maybe more contact in contact with him, maybe more towards you know obviously throughout the season to kind of get his thoughts on current players and everything else leading up to the next championships. But I don't think nothing, I don't think we'll see any change. Yeah, I don't think we'll see any change. I think also we might see one of the other coaches in uh, the UK taking on maybe like a scouting role, um, to, on top of you know for GB to like put forward names for selection and things, um, or, or maybe a actual scout you know i'm sure there's plenty of players that are um have done that in a previous role so but knowing what the gb setup's like is there the money to do that mm, good question so it is it's a great opportunity for him but with the flack that that uh that he got afterwards do you think it's is it, has it in any way hurt his prospects of ever coming back no um no because not. there's always teams like um sheffield nottingham who don't look at the history of a guy and will take him on his own merits. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I think, well, maybe not so much Nottingham. Um, what with the, the way that he's part of terms with uh, the clan and given the, the ownership um, links there. Yeah. There could be a bit of bitterness uh, there. There could be an issue there. Um, but we all know what, uh, what Nottingham and Glasgow don't like. Sheffield will take with two hands. So uh, <laughs> likely it is. We might see him back in, uh, in Sheffield. Well, taking the bench um, and replacing uh, Pete Russell there in Glasgow in this next coming season. Um, I don't know if it was a surprise name to any of you guys or if it was just a surprise name to me. But um, obviously last year's clan captain, uh, Zach Fitzgerald. Uh, will be stepping up into a role, um, man behind the bench. Um, I mean, 
I think last year he played. Um, was it last year? Was he a player assistant coach? Maybe in his yep, he was last year. So he's moving up um, to full time. Um, well, it doesn't does it mention if he's a player coach or if he's just a coach? I That's mean, what I was trying to get my head around, and it doesn't actually. I don't say think it was mentioned. Um, so I'm going to go for a guess that he's just stepping up as bench coach. Um, so there's no playing there. Um. First off, do you think that's a, an interesting move for the clan to do there? Do you think that's um, or do you think it's a natural a natural move given the fact that he was uh, assistant coach last year? I think that's a great call. Yeah, I, I think uh, Fitzy's a great call. There'll be the same eyebrows raised as there was whenever the the Giants went with Kiefer, mm. um, but it's the same sort of idea. You know, he's a really knowledgeable hockey guy. He's been assistant coach um, and knows the team because mm. he's even when it was his phase away, he was still really liked in that team. And that's and if he's got the the people in the backroom staff behind him, I reckon he'll do well. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think yeah, it'd be interesting to see what what his team will come together and look like. Um, given given just the nature of player that he is. Uh, but again, I, I suppose people thought that maybe by Kiefer. I know a lot of the I know a lot of talk around who does the hiring and stuff as part of you know like the Giants and stuff. And I know a lot of stuff comes and that you know Thorch does most of it and and hands over the team then to Keith to do the coaching aspect and, and stuff. But I know a lot of the other teams, maybe that the coach has a, plays a big part in the actual hiring and everything else. Um, And I think, you know, it'd be interesting to see if he has, if it's just coaching or if he's had a hand in, in the whole hiring process. I know he's being handed a good core batch of players that have, are coming back for the, for the clan next year. So I know he's got a, a good, a good core there to start with. Um, So it's just building around that, but it's an interesting one. And um, I thought, yeah, I thought it was maybe a good fit and um, I thought it was kind of a natural thing, but it was still slightly surprising. I thought that maybe would have been out and maybe look for yeah. another coach that was maybe looking to move in somewhere. As long as they give him the time to prove himself. That's it. A couple of stum- stumbling blocks. Yeah, not 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 a team like Sheffield where you, you're kicked out after yeah. a couple of games because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Sorry, we seem to be taking sorry Sheffield, sorry. We've, we've had we've right? had two months off. <laughs> we just we just we, we just need to, you know, kind of get our aggression out in terms of, you know, our, just get it started as usual. Funny. Take us back just two seconds. You yeah. talked about it'll be interesting to see what um, the clan do sort of um, signing wise and one thing that was interesting to me and I did notice this through the week and I just didn't bring it up was uh, the fact that they have brought in uh, a young Scott netminder yep. uh, Jordan McLaughlin who's okay. going to step up and likelihood um, looking like he's going to be a, a sort of alternate second third netminder mm-hmm. uh, which is really interesting this is something that the clan haven't done for a few seasons um, is bring on a young Brit netminder in that secondary role. That's to me is a bigger indication of things to come from Fitzy and that organization. Yeah, this is the way that they've been needing to go for a few years, I think. Yeah. Um, and that could be the big telling point is the way that they've gone with that. That's a good point. Looking just at coaching and sticking with it there. The other news obviously came from uh coming out of next season we'll see um i don't know if we mentioned this i think we mentioned it in the last podcast obviously that uh, it was confirmed at that point that milton Keynes would no longer be well actually it was announced because it was announced before the evening of the season but milton Keynes will no longer will not be at playing next season there was i think in our last podcast actually we were talking about that consortium uh group that we're trying to get together to um bid to have a team from milton Keynes playing the season next year but unfortunately it just wasn't strong enough case to put forward that I whenever they team when they set when they met to get when the yeah. board met they felt that the the Milton Keynes consortium weren't at the right stage at that point. I think it's risk more than anything. Yeah, I but, would say that they probably have the money behind it, but a brand new team, I don't know, were stepping up to the highest um, hockey in the UK. It's a massive risk to take on any of them, and it's something that they're obviously not willing to take. Yeah. But that's the thing as well. I think since we even our last podcast, I think things have moved on massively. So if you haven't kept uh, up to date with what's happening in Milton Keynes, 
the Milton Keynes Lightning as they were no longer exist. The consortium um, have bought out the the rights. They got the ice time. So planet, I think it's Planet Ice. Yep. Milton mm-hmm, Keynes mm-hmm. um, took away the ice offer to the original owners, the Moody's, Mo- Moody's, 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 Moody's yeah. um, who seem to be in massive financial issues with their players there was all the issues about visas not being paid expenses not being paid players being chased for rent uh cars that were away to dubai and stuff like that yeah so there was a lot a lot of stuff going on there um since then the consortium who were uh looking to do this keep elite ice hockey in milton Keynes, they've uh carried on they've secured um second flight hockey in the new national league um under new branding new team name uh first things first Remember when the Milton Keynes Lightning last season or two seasons ago rebranded and came up with that awful new badge? Yep. What do you think about the new badge that they've gone with? Have you seen it? Yeah, I have. I love um, it. I like it. I like it. It's it's kind of it makes more sense. I, I feel like it's yeah, I do I do like it. I definitely think it's better than that Milton Keynes unusual their weird mk MK mkl thing thing which doesn't which didn't really make much it didn't really do much wonder how much money Um, that cost the moody's i think the reason why obviously we mentioned the milton Keynes uh lightning um obviously that's one point is obviously the fact that they're no longer needed but it was also the fact that their uh player their assistant player coach as well last year um in the form of nh past former nhler um tim wallace was announced as the head coach for Nottingham Panthers next season. So uh, obviously the uh, Panthers slash clan um, ownership have decided on um, this this kind of method of you know assistant coach assistant coaches from previous seasons coming in as bench coaches. He'll obviously be uh, working under um, Doucette, uh, um who's now going to be the director of hockey in Nottingham. So they're gonna they've moved into that kind of the same kind of. Thing that Belfast have been doing with that whole idea of a director of hockey operations or a director of hop- hockey, who's going to look at the the day to day and all that kind of set of stuff. Um, but uh, Tim Wallace will join him there um, as the bench coach. So I just thought I'd mention that because obviously that was the other men- the other um, main coaching change that's been made. Sheffield did they announce their Aaron somebody or other um... possibly talk amongst yourselves while I hurriedly search Twitter. Can't remember one hundred percent. It's I think it's on Elite Prospects. But that's that's an interesting one. I just felt that um, obviously that they brought him in from Milton Keynes. And I suppose it's keeping him keeping that experience in the league somewhere. I mean, he's got four hundred odd games in the AHL and yeah, they've got the, an NHL experience. I and, thought the Doucette signing was a bit more out of left field. Um, it's quite a big jump, but then again, I suppose it's not out of the out of the ordinary. It's very similar to the GM role that uh, uh, Kelman filled when he made that jump. Mm. But um, whenever I seen that, I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. But uh, hopefully, it works. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was an interesting one. Let's let's move on quickly to um you can come back to us John on that but let's but let's keep, let's stick with obviously um the changes that are going on in the league um and obviously we've mentioned that the uh, ten team league um next season obviously means that there'll be changes to the format of competition um as of next season so obviously the the number of games will slightly change in terms of players playing which teams and whatever else the um news coming out this last week was obviously the challenge cup format which has been which has been confirmed for next season. Um, a, a bit of an interesting one in that you know you would kind of think, given the fact it was ten teams, you could just split it five on five and put it in two different sections and then have that way. But no, in the infinite wisdom of the elite league, as usual, not keeping things simple, they've decided to keep the group stages as three um, three separate um, three separate groups. Uh, group A will consist of the Belfast Giants, Dundee Stars, Five Flyers, and the Glasgow Clan. Uh, so one home, one away, and top three qualify. Uh, group B 
uh, will consist of Cardiff Devils, Coventry Blaze and the Guildford Flames. They'll play two home games and two away games and the top two teams there will qualify. And Group C then will be Manchester Storm, Nottingham Panthers and the Sheffield Steelers. Again, two home games, two away games and the top two teams will qualify. Overtime and shutouts will be played in the group stage if games are tied after 60 minutes. And group stage games are scheduled to be completed by the 9th of November. And playing uh, playing round, uh, teams finishing third in groups B and C will play a one-off game for place in the quarterfinals. Um, and again, the semi-finals will be the same as every as past year. This year, they've been slated for the fifteenth, twenty-second, and 29th of January, and it'll be over two legs. And then the final game will be on eighth of March at Cardiff's Viola Arena. Which I love the fact that they said because it will be a neutral venue. So basically, what they're telling us already there is Cardiff, Cardiff will not be there. <laughs> <laughs> So that's good to know. The Cardiff are going to be knocked out already by that point. Um, guys, let's let's get your thoughts on that. I mean, Challenge Cup format. Um, I, I mean, uh, first off, any is there any of those groups, A, B or C, you think either has an easy run-in, harder run-in? Is there anybody who maybe has drawn a short straw? What's your thoughts? Let's can I, can I give yeah? uh, an immediate initial reaction? Do I need a do I need You're, a, you're yeah. not going to need that, but you're going to have to give me a second because I'm going to have to move away from the mic. <laughs> Sorry, I'm back. It's still not right. <coughs> the, the Challenge Cup is still going to take until March. Yep. Like, look at the number of games that are involved here. There's not that many. Get this done and dusted before November. This doesn't need to be so long. Get it done. Make it be the first showpiece trophy of the year. Why do we have to give out so all of our trophies in the last two and a half, three weeks of the season. Let somebody win something straight away that isn't the Aladdin Cup or the Into Cup. Nobody cares! Yeah, no, totally this agree. is the Challenge Cup. Here, the Into Cup is a lucrative, wanted trophy. Everyone Who's playing that. in it this year? Uh, Glasgow. Are they? Hey, Are they? Yes. Are they? I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> you can they, carry on. I don't know. I'm they, just making you panic. Seeing as they created the cup, I'd say they probably are planning it. Yeah. Yeah. And is it not because of the, their uh, shopping centers, the N2 shopping Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> but he was still worried. He was like, oh my God, are they actually playing it? Aladdin Cup. Whose is the Aladdin Cup? Funny that. Same uh, ownership. It's another bitty, stupid trophy that nobody cares about that are played, is played by Nottingham. I like... It's, it's not too just, bad. At least that's got some international teams that come over. They're having preseason games and presenting a, an off-the-shelf trophy well, to someone who is the like, tro <sighs> is the trophy shaped like a lamp. Well, it probably at this point is going to be worth more than the Challenge Cup is. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good point. Cup is worth more than the Challenge Cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, have you seen that recent? Have you seen it recently? Oh dear. <laughs> is it just duct tape? Have they even bothered it, fixing it? I don't, or think, just, I don't even think. Are we just forcing the league to buy a new one? I, I there must be because I don't even think a solder a solder iron would even fix that thing. Have, that's probably all they would need to do. But yeah, have they um, like reengaged with the guy from? Uh, whoever it was who designed the horrendous thing that is now the league trophy. What is that called, by the way? It has a name. Did it's it not Monty and I don't care, but... Like, is that what his name is? No. I'm not Monty and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's not yeah. Monty. So we're going to call it from now on. <laughs> yep. It's the I'm not Monty and I don't care trophy. <laughs> I thought it was called the Edward Enigma. 
trophy. <laughs> That's what I called it, and everyone agreed with me finally. I said that during the design phase of it when they released like the first images of it, no one believed me, and then when we lifted it uh, that night, I took a couple of photos and put it out on Twitter, and everyone's like, oh my god, you're so right! <laughs> It's a weird trophy, like it's so odd. It really is. Um, yeah, I don't. I have to say, uh, they've got it so wrong. Even if they, you don't take into the kind the um, weird group stages, and it's it's again should be done early, so early on in the season. But hey ho, yeah. what we've got. I just I just I can't get over why this competition of all things needs to take so long. Um, you the look only at thing the changes the groups, right? Well, well, we had to because we're yeah, now yeah. Uh, yeah, a ten-team league. But yeah. They should have went five and five, and then. But they've done they've done the minimum minimum effort of change. That's it. So basically, what they've done is yeah, they've just they've kind of just balanced it in a different way. Whereas yeah. um, they want you can if you read between the lines, what they're wanting there is an extra two games for Nottingham Sheffield to play. Actually, this was done. so sorry. Yeah. Right, Marty and I have spoken about this very quickly. Uh, we had a cinema date earlier this week and uh, pointed this out that. All we get on social media um, every season is that the fans are at saturation point um, in Nottingham and Sheffield for those two teams facing each other. All we get from them is, we face each other so much now. This used to be a great rivalry, blah, 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 blah. Then the ownership take absolutely no um, point of listening to that, go to the Elite League board and go, okay, it's Challenge Cup. We're going to change it around. No, we want to play them again. Meanwhile, you've got Manchester sitting in that group going, <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> They're just stuck in the middle of it. You can just imagine this is like being in the school ground and like Piggy in the middle. So Manchester are standing there with their arms up. Meanwhile, Nottingham and Sheffield are throwing like the puck above their head. Yeah, that's totally where it would be. But you never know. Maybe they'll just, they'll snipe in. Yeah, you know, well, well, if, you know, as 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 Manchester as Ma- Manchester snipes in is like you know Sheffield and Nottingham are taking points off each other quite yeah. a lot, and then just like Manchester just snipes in, takes it. A couple of good wins, wins more. Yeah, they've then they're, they're out of the teams you would have to you would worried about putting in there. They're probably the team that will do it. You know, yeah. they do pull out the wins against the. Uh, "Quote unquote bigger clubs." This is it, um, and that term is going away rapidly every year. The bigger yeah. clubs, bigger, bigger clubs. clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forgetting flushed away. I mean, that's that's. I mean, let's not forget. Let's not forget last season and everything that happened last season. What transpired there with with the big teams and how they they failed to even like advance to where they got to, exactly. and you yeah. know, it was crazy. So let's not, you know, let's not t- um, paint. Let's not, you know just write off teams straight away because uh yeah like you never know what's going to happen i mean there you look at last year's final and it was the the giants versus the the guilford flames in the challenge cup final and guilford i mean how many people yeah again and how many people didn't think guilford were going to get to that final stage you know and how many people wrote them off by that for that point so an interesting one it's it's uh it does take too long i would agree with you john um and again this whole issue and um of you know where where it's going to be based um again come that time of year uh, if it if it falls into the fact that the Cardiff aren't going to be there again, it's going to be one of those gates at the door where it's not going to be as maybe as lucrative as what they hope for. But again, where else would you do it? Um, Is that the game be... that they they sold the tickets last year and then like a week before they slashed the price of the tickets yeah. and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yep, and yeah. I'm pretty sure there's still been no apology from the league for that no. one. Todd no. made a really good point on this in the playoff Q and A. He did, um, where he was highlighting that. All teams can vie for it, but there's only certain clubs that would be financially viable for it. And it's really, uh, was it Cardiff, um, Coventry and Belfast are the ones that aren't too big 
and aren't too small because they're only going to get uh, for that game around what was it? I think we said four thousand yeah. max, absolute max. But you can't guarantee it. Where if you're in, that will sell out Cardiff. Yeah, that would probably get the guts of Coventry sold out, and it would. Yes, it would look a bit empty in the Odyssey, but it's probably doable. Yeah. Um, but transport and the potential for um, certain teams to progress through. So let's say for argument's sake that you end up with a Five Flyers Manchester Storm final. Like even in the Viola, if, was it four and a half thousand seats in the Viola? I think it's less than that. You, you wouldn't, maybe it is, maybe it's about 3,000 uh, in 3, there. You're, you're still not going to sell that out. With well, those they didn't, two teams, they didn't sell it out with uh, Belfast and Guildford. Nope. Yeah. Well, their 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 take on it was that you know there's only a certain number of flights that fly out of Belfast, um. So you're only going to have a certain number of Belfast Giants fans who are going to fly over because the maximum amount of, of players they can uh, fans that they can get over pretty much is met by the fact that they take up all the seats and all the flights that are leaving both here and also in Dublin. Yep. I mean, uh, people, but that's not even that's not even the case because people were leaving Belfast and Dublin to go to further afield flights. So it wasn't even just flights directly into Cardiff or Bristol. There were people flying into Birmingham, there were people flying into Manchester, people flying into Liverpool and driving down or whatever it might be. There was more people than boat, everything. So, you know, you can't really write it off. I can see the point in terms of, um, in terms of playoffs. I take the point in terms of playoffs that you have, you would have uh, nine other teams who would have to travel to Belfast and there's only a limited amount of flights that fly into Belfast. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I appreciate that that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fair enough point. We need an elite but league boat. I still don't, <laughs> I still don't, I still don't understand why maybe the Challenge Cup can't just go back to the way it originally was and just have it across, um, just in a team, like home away, home away kind of thing yeah. where you have it as a team. I, like, I do you know, like the, in Vercom's neutral venue, but it would be nice to decide that neutral venue when you know which one will be neutral yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. um and pick a neutral venue like it would be amazing to see a game like that um i know that's probably not going to happen but up in scotland you know even if there wasn't a scottish team i know that nobody would travel to it but if it belfast was in it you'd go to it the crack would be unbelievable yeah, yeah. and you would get a lot of we could take it to a proper neutral I venue mean, and go to murrayfield if you think yeah. well no but if you all think, five people that can fit in it. If, you, if you take it if you take it from that point of view of what you're saying if you choose the neutral neutral we'll put in inverted commas if you choose, choose the venue based on the teams that come in so say for example belfast get to the final again which is you know third year third year in a row fingers crossed but belfast get there and say a scottish team does get there um say it's like it is fife say fife is so use the brayhead arena as the venue because fife can get there quite easily that was the other one mentioned. we can get there pretty easy between flights and boats and you can get there quite easily, so you, you could fill that a lot easier. easier. Yeah. Same again if you're in, uh, if you're if it's she- if it's a Sheffield Nottingham final, put it in Coventry, quite close to both of them, they can travel there. Again, fix yeah. it or based on where it's going to be. You have some of the worst case scenario where you have two teams that are really far apart. You know, Fife Cardiff, stick it in Nottingham or Sheffield Dice. Is it down to? The scheduling issue, like they would have at the SSE, where they would have to. That's another argument. Yeah, yeah that, forward, it is that the arenas can't guarantee ice availability. Be, whereas yeah, that can be the that can be the argument. Yeah. The other thing being that it's the relationships that the teams have with their arenas uh, as well. The rink teams obviously have a good relationship because nothing else happens really yeah, other yeah. than public skating. Yeah, that's it. The Viola and the Cardiff Devils are shared owners, as far as I know. Same thing that we have with the SSE and uh, the Belfast Giants. Sheffield have multiple issues and seem to always have issues with um, their ice and availability um, between their two rinks, their arena and their rink, sorry. Um, 
Nottingham are at the complete behest of Motorpoint. Coventry, they're one of those weird ones. They're like the Viola, where I could see Coventry being that other site which is available as a neutral venue. The problem being that Coventry is already set up as the go-to place for um, EIHA hockey. Um, So all of the national finals are held in Coventry already. Um, it is the go-to place for second tier and down uh, sort of neutral venue hockey. That's where playoffs is. That's where one-off finals are. Um, it's all played out of Coventry. So they already have a market in place. Realistically, as much as I would love to see it tour around, I honestly think Cardiff is the location mm. to go to for that one-off final. And again, as much as I hate myself saying it, Nottingham is the place for playoffs yeah. in its no, current format. Yeah. I, I, but I totally agree. I think playoffs works in Nottingham. It's a decent sized arena. It's a good sized city, um, and it's now known for the playoffs. So. It is. Yep. Yeah. Just um, just sticking with um, just slightly side topic, but sticking with the arena thing or, or, or ice rinks anyway, and and venues. Um, did any of you guys see the news there? Was it earlier, maybe this week, or it was maybe just last week of um, the new ice rink development that's going to be put in place in london no so is this the wembley one coming it's back actually again down, it's no it's uh it's down by the millennium like the millennium dome mm. structure O2? out by or no sorry i'm completely wrong it's out by the velodrome out by the olympic park stuff all oh, right okay. So okay it's being built out there so it's a, a double ice rink olympic sized ice rink plant so it's an olympic sized ice rink that's going in with um a second ice pad and a second ice ice like a second second full size pad um no a public skate pad beside the olympic so this is similar to the viola they're talking they're talking um large like a large scale and also there was news of the well there was a rough idea of well one of the big things they mentioned was that uh they wanted to create a thriving community for ice hockey and ice hockey teams in the local area um, which is quite an interesting one. So it was mentioned there last um, last week. It was actually it was put up. Do we think um, the blacks are still involved there? I don't know because you know why there was that whole talk around. You know, the, well, the talk had been Ugh. that um, even during that playoff, that thing, you know, someone asked that question to to Kelman. You know, was there any more developments on the whole London team? And he had said that it's not. They're still in talks and it's still to be happening. But they like they're looking 2021, 2022, which will kind of tie, tie in when the arena is actually due to finish and built. Well, that so would be know, maybe just maybe get maybe it's just team as well. Maybe it's just not, convenience. But can we please get a twelfth team as well then? Because let's not go back to odd numbers. No, I, that I was agree. just horrendous. What I would I, in my opinion, what would really work in London is two teams rather than one because the market's huge, and then you start 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 away with the rivalry straight away. Yeah, um, and that's what works in London. So yeah. it works with the football. Was it the Knights no, and the race? Because they are converting. There's a lot of talk that they are converting the Wembley Arena. Wembley was oh, okay, always okay. talked about as being a, oh, a return because it used to be there. They did not rip out the ice plant they there. Did, uh, they, they did. They did. Yeah. Putting it back in. It was part of the Wembley redevelopment. It was taken right. out, but okay. there was talk of putting another one back in. Let's move on to uh, John. We'll move on to your story before we fall back to the last two elite league story. Uh, last two, well, two, three elite league parts. Yeah. Um, so this is just a little uh, interesting one, just for a catch up, because I think we talked about this um, towards the back of last season. The Scottish Ice Hockey Association uh, were under quite a lot of pressure uh, towards the back end of the season, owing to some interesting decisions surrounding the Aberdeen Lynx. Um, you may or may not remember there was uh, essentially the Lynx had uh, won a game which was going to put them through to the showpiece finals um, I think it was around ineligible players due to um, unserved bans and still icing and a lot of stuff came out from the Aberdeen Lynx then about 
lack of communication from uh, Scottish ice hockey that information wasn't put forward. This then led at the end of the season for the Lynx to announce that they were leaving the um, Scottish League. Um, then it all went very quiet over the first part of uh, the summer. And now we've started to get more coming through. So the SIHA has had its uh, board meeting. Um seem to be very elite league in their sort of approach to PR with this in that nothing would have been put out there except the Lynx put out a statement saying it's all good guys um, the board have said that they're going to step down uh, after the season therefore we're stepping back into the um, the league and we'll compete this year to which the SIHA um, put out a statement the next day saying they've been made aware of a public statement published by the Aberdeen Lynx um, on social media. Uh, board are disappointed that uh, having established a workable structure for the 1920 SNL season, Aberdeen have issued a misleading press release um, saying uh, now they've essentially gone out and sort of gone through the Aberdeen Lynx uh statement saying this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong that's not what we said um to then later on come down and say that well the link said that uh the board is going to be stepping down uh that's not the case but it is the case because after this season we're stepping down because of uh, the unification of the ice hockey boards um and it's just this back to this tick for tack thing going on in scottish ice hockey and it's good to see because what what seems to be happening and I hate to drag a certain name back through this again, but this is the hands. Mm. The hands are bad pun, but they're out of hand. Um, the they just seem to want to tread Scottish ice hockey under the heel. Uh, we've got Tony, who's involved with um, the uh, the racers. Um, we've got David who's involved with, um, or I've got that the wrong way around. Is it David who's involved with the racers and Tony who's involved with running the league and, um, the racers not choosing to step up again. Um, not entirely sure what their position is with taking part in those EIHA cups that they took part in last year, because obviously that league is undergoing a lot of changes this year. They're back to, I think, being big fish in an absolutely tiny puddle, uh, this season. Um, I honestly can't see them being granted a, an elite league license based on history. Um, so, yeah, it's just interesting to keep an eye on this because you've got a, a club, and we're back to this whole thing about social media. We've got a club saying one thing, and this is the occasion where I actually have a lot of time for the club putting something out there because if a league as a body aren't willing to say something, fair play to the team for putting it out mm, there they because they've be got fans. Yeah. They've got fans who still didn't know what was going on. They didn't know if they were taking part in the SNL. They didn't even know if they were going to have hockey in Aberdeen this year. And the Lynx came out and said, yeah, we're back. And this is why. Because fans, if they just said, we're back, would have gone, well, hang on a minute. Has anything changed? Yeah. Um, and they've said it has. And I think the SNL have uh, tied themselves in knots with their statement because I don't think it stands up. But I'll put the links up uh, for people to have a look at and you can judge for yourself. Sam doesn't stand up as in that they said that we're not stepping I think they down, double back on are, themselves. We are. I honestly think they double back on themselves and it's yeah. been a knee-jerk reaction to um, the Lynx having put a statement out before the league did. Yeah. Um, but honestly, guys, like, how hard is it to put something online now? I know. Well, the big thing, at least, to take away from that is that that uh, UK unification is definitely still on the cards then? Looks like it's definitely on the cards, which um, let we talked about it. Look at the brilliant result for GB 
uh, let put into one side their little sing song at Saint Rice after their game against yeah. France, which was one of the best moments ever, considering that uh, the double IHF actually tweeted out that video without beeping it, <laughs> which was brilliant. If you haven't seen it, search for it. Um, essentially, you could look for uh, Team GB. Uh, we're beep and we know we are um, <laughs> yeah. it's fantastic um, but look at the strides that, that the national team have taken um, and that's players from all across the country um, except here um, but that unification can only help the GB setup, and that's what's needed um, it's been noted that that's what it needs and I think the SIHA were potentially that little stumbling block especially because English ice hockey was seen as being that little bit stronger. Um, mm, yeah. So that stumbling block was there, but if they can share resources now, share things like officials, um, training camps can be set up through the off-season. You've got more rinks that are available, um, especially north of the border, so that those players can go up, uh, get that experience, get that training north of the border instead of having to travel with all that expense, then fantastic, and I hope it all comes off. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, so hopefully, fingers crossed that something transpires there for um, Aberdeen. Anyway, uh, let's go back to, let's finish off this period of one of hockey and let's go back to, um, well, as we mentioned earlier on, we have a um, matter of weeks to go before our seasons start to kick off. Um, so around about seven or eight weeks, depending on who you are and what part of the country you're living in. Uh, if you happen to be from Cardiff or from Belfast, then you have shorter time to wait than uh, the rest of the league. Um, and if you're from Cardiff, you have shorter than anyone. Uh, so the uh, pre-season uh, schedules have been announced and released um, and uh, teams will uh, prepare for the 2019-20 Ice Hockey League. As we mentioned, the Cardiff Devils and the Belfast Giants will start earlier um, against international competition. Uh, international competition uh, with the CHL. So in preparation for that, their preseasons will start a lot earlier. Cardiff Devils start off their preseason um, earlier than everyone on the 10th and 11th of August against Fihavar, um, the Hungarian team. Um, so they're playing a doubleheader there on the 10th and the 11th, followed by another weekend against the Nottingham Panthers on the 17th and 18th. The Giants will also play the weekend of the 17th and 18th against Mora IK from Sweden and then the following weekend against Herning Blue Fox from Denmark. Um, again, the Panthers seem to have a lot of players, a lot of teams playing up, so they're playing Cardiff. They're also playing Coventry as a doubleheader as well. Um, Coventry have also got lined up Manchester Storm, and they've also got, uh, they playing them twice. Um, Dundee have international competition against Odessa Bulldogs on the 24th and 25th of August from Denmark as well. Um, as And who else? Five Flyers have two weekends there they're playing Lanshut, um which i noticed um they're playing the 31st and the first um of um first of september 31st of august uh, playing against Lanshut um as a double header there that weekend i mean i'm not um, saying i might plan to go home for like that but pff, if i happen to visit my gran that weekend <laughs> i might go to that game have a, have a Lanshut jersey if you want to borrow it. <laughs> isn't, isn't that the weekend isn't the first weekend of no the the chl actions next weekend isn't it, it? Is, yeah. yeah okay um and then obviously then you've got uh glasgow they're playing against freeburg from germany as well um manchester have hellbrun falcon from germany coming in the only people who don't have any international hockey competitions coming in or has not been noted is the panthers they haven't got anybody noted yet as international uh teams coming in and that's because they haven't noticed their latin cups fixtures yet well <laughs> or the or the flames they don't actually have any preseason stuff organized yet 
True. Uh, and Sheffield have their preseason scheduled for the 17th and 18th as well against uh, HK Poprad from Slovakia. Um, so that's a doubleheader weekend there as well. So a lot of uh, a lot of action still to come. Uh, still to come. Of course there is because the season hasn't started. But um, <laughs> a lot of action. All of the action is still to come. All of the action is still to come. But uh, action coming sooner than uh, than later. Um, given obviously the fact that as I say we're only a few matter matter of weeks away from that. We mentioned obviously preseason and we've already mentioned it. But the CHL action will take place. So since our last. Uh, sit down together guys we have had the chl draw which happened in bratislava um back in at the end of may um as part of that then um the belfast giants were placed in group c and the cardiff devils were placed in group h uh, group c uh phil uh, is uh lolea um liberic and uh augs augsburger augsburg panthers and the belfast giants uh group h uh the cardiff devils will uh, face off against Fulunda, uh, <laughs> Graz 99ers, and Mountfield HK. Um, so, again, um, an interesting one there. I think both teams, both Cardiff and also Belfast, will uh, travel to start with um, to Czech Republic, I think, is the first one. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean... We the schedule has been released for the CHL in the coming weeks. Obviously, um, we have seen that we've already got our well. I I know I've got my tickets sorted anyway because obviously it was included in our season ticket this year. Um, but guys, I mean your your thoughts. I mean, uh, you know, action will come quickly for that too. That I mean that's the first. I think we're starting off. I think in the CHL action. I think is that what is mm-hmm. that correct? Yep. Um, I mean as part of that, people have obviously got excited about the fact that like there's other little aspects that come with that. For example. Uh, fresh looking jerseys that look slightly different from the cookery ones the socky jerseys socky 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 um, did you get it one i got a socky do you, you want to know who i got on mine did you get one i got one too yeah, yeah i got one you didn't get one I didn't get one. Um, <laughs> who did you get in yours so um i went for this little unknown guy where's number 14 for the belfast giants uh jordan smotherman i think smotherman? is his name Dave, yeah, you get I, think I got some guy called Smoo on the back of mine. Four, 14 as well. 14, yeah. And funny enough, I got a 14 as well. I wonder why that is. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, we uh, we decided I, I went for one of those as well. Um, and actually, I'm quite looking forward to actually something just slightly different uh, for a change. But uh, guys... Uh, I'm ex- just expecting these guys to be wearing these constantly. Just can't, just like attached to the Might be bands. next season's yeah. jersey. I mean, I might just wear the sake through the whole season. And then, you know, like I Get always do. Winter winter shirt, really doesn't, matter so. if it's, doesn't matter if it's winter and it's cold outside. Yeah. We're still wearing a sake jersey. So wear a jersey underneath the socky. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> guys, you're, what's, what's your, let's let's get your thoughts. Um, excited, uh, fearful. Uh, uh, what um, are you? I think in person, personally, I don't think there's anything the Giants can do wrong in this competition. The the teams are amazing. They're playing against. It's going to be amazing to watch. They go in. If they lose, they lose. If they go in and win a game, it's unbelievable. And the way the Giants played in the Continental Cup for the last that last game of the the Continental Cup. If they play that way and that sort of tempo, you never know. Um, yeah. It's not I'm not saying that they they might get they squeak out a win. They might get a, a team on the down day. Um, heck, Nottingham managed to squeeze through on their uh, well whenever they came through yep. from the uh, uh, Champions Hockey League in the for their first group. That would be you know not it's not impossible. Yeah. Um, but the Giants are going in with next to no expectations. They're going there to experience hockey at a different level. Uh, and to learn what they can learn and display Belfast. Yeah. Um. If they win a game, it's great. If they don't, still great. I think that's a really good way of looking at it. I think it's a good not, It's not that you're fearful of the games, the 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 the, 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 the style of teams that we're playing against. It's 
what are we going to get out of this? Yeah, that's you have to say the same for Cardiff as well. Yeah, like, yeah. I know that we're a Belfast Giants uh, bunch of supporters, but Cardiff Devils. I know I laughed when we announced their first uh, opponent, their top seeded opponent. The now is it two time or three time defending CHL champions, the Fralunda Indians. Like I remember watching the draw on Facebook. Totally not at my desk. Totally not at work. <laughs> um, but and I can confirm it was not done out of a Marks and Spencer's bag as well. Um, but going up against Fralunda, you are gonna get so much exposure. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't matter if they grub you by ten goals. You will still, if you keep them to one or two goals, and it goes to a third period blitz by them you're going to get some co- sort of media coverage. If they absolutely hammer you, you're going to get some media coverage. Well, if you happen to beat though. them, this well, is Frolunda. Devils did get last year. They got destroyed last year. Yep. This is Frolunda. Like they are. A- you could put them up against some of the NHL teams. Like they're, they're pretty damn good. Apparently you could put Carter. the Devils up against some <laughs> NHL teams as well. <laughs> That's what they were going on about last year. Let's see. They'll take on any, car- on any NHL team. Mm-hmm. Well, they could totally play the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, not anymore. You couldn't. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> Sword point for me. Well, we're going to get into that. <sighs> after. Yes, we're going to talk about that later. Um, I mean, you, Dave, you kind of uh, segue into um, a good point, and w- let's move on to our last part of season of period one, um, and that's take a wee quick look um, at the signs and changes across the league. I guess what I'm trying to get from you guys is uh, just, I suppose, your thoughts on any particular signings or changes to the to teams that have either taken you by surprise or any signings that you think you know what that team have swooped in and they've picked up a great player in such and such but you've mentioned there that um you know obviously if the giants played like was it yourself or was yeah you mentioned about you know if the giants played the way they did um last year in the continental cup and and everything else that you know they they're forced to be reckoned with but let's take into consideration the fact that this year's belfast giants to this point Will, are going to look completely different uh, given the fact we have huge names who announced either retirements or leaving or have moved on to pastures new uh, players who haven't actually been announced yet for other teams yet uh, but might turn up somewhere else but like for so let's get exa- let's let's get it out of the way um, let's talk about our disappointment again Belfast Giants fans so we don't apologize for the fact we're going to talk about this but uh, I think when this was announced I, I think I'm right in saying that this was the biggest disappointment of our off-season so far, and that was the departure of uh, Tyler Beskarwani. Um, when he announced, we we let's be let's be 100 honest, and we we talked about this then. I remember talking about this in the last episode that we recorded. We knew and we mentioned that Tyler came into this last season, and he said, and he made it very clear from the start that he'd be here for one season at least to start with, possibly two, depending on what it, what it would be. But if he was offered something that he would be taken and he was very very transparent about it and that's what's happened he's got offered he's played out of his skin last season he got noticed and he has taken a leap up to another league fair play to him we del two we, yep fair, del two del two fair play to him yep we can especially, especially for uh i have to say on a personal note as well um we mentioned at the start that i got married the night before my wedding on sky um Marty was my best man and decided to um, surprise me and Catherine with a, a little video from loads of friends and family, uh, just wishing us uh, luck because it was a small wedding. Um, and the last minute and a half or so was not just Tyler Beskarwani, but Tyler along with his entire family 
telling saying what is now the legendary door 14 phrase of shut, shut up, up john, john. <laughs> um absolutely amazing um tyler if you're listening thank you very much for that that was amazing and i do have to be pretty honest i think uh joe thank you very much for for that yeah uh shout out to joe for that she um she full, for uh in full disclosure she was uh i uh, shout out i put out to um a couple of different um just regular friends and stuff that you list the podcast or just people that we know around the arena um to get them to kind of maybe just kind of send in their you know their thoughts or whatever and joe straight on the ball whenever i said to her she was like i'm totally doing one do you want one from from tyler and i was like can you arrange that and she's like i can arrange that leave it with me and within 15 minutes she was back and she's like sorted gonna do it he's gonna get he's gonna do it and he'll be back to us in, in a day or two and right enough within two days I got a uh, I got a, a message through and a video through to my um my WhatsApp from from Tyler basically saying what it was said and it was great. It so was yeah. So uh on a personal note, yeah, obviously disappointed that way, but also obviously on a on a note from in terms of, you know, just the fact that like we're we're losing um the you know, the the, 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 the league's best nightminder last season, um moving on to HC Banska Bistrica Bistrica in Slovakia. Slovakia. But I mean so, look at look at the other names that we lost as well if you're talking just belfast giants um dustin Joner retired colin shields oh heartbreaking retired nice new teeth though nice very new nice teeth. new teeth, yes. Yes. New teeth though. that's how you know whenever polish, good, polish teeth. That's it. good polish teeth yeah um blair riley to unknown <laughs> unknown uh good luck in red big man um josh roach gone um darcy murphy uh poached oh, that's poached did you, did you see who poached him? That was the one that that was the one that hurt me Corey? most. Yeah, Corey. Corey poached that him. That hurt me. I'm not. Gonna, I, last season, I made it very clear, and I was not. I wasn't behind the door, but saying that Murphy for me last season was probably my standout player. And I thought he was phenomenal. He's probably one of the standout players for a number. Oh, uh, and I was just uh, number of years. given the season that he had last year and the numbers that he put up last year overall points. There was no way he was staying in this league, and it was right. He was gone. He's 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 left us, and he's he's away. He's left the league, and it's very very disappointing, and it's sad to see. Um, Kyle Bowen also going. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, he was fantastic in the second part of the season. Um, Davy Rutherford gone as well. And the bench will never be as warm. Um, bye, Davy. But looking at players coming in, and a couple of fantastic Brit signings. Mm-hmm. To be perfectly honest, Ben Lake and Kieran Long coming in. Yeah, that's outstanding. I think Ben Lake was a great pickup. I think he was a very. I think it was a, as soon as he was announced, and I think it was announced slightly before. I think he was actually officially announced. Big and um, big thing I always remember with Ben Lake is yes, he's British. No, but no, he's not a British player. He's an import. Right. Just in case um, we start all getting panicked that he's unbelievable. He still counts as an import in the league, so he still takes up imports. He's Ben Lake, he's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> First song, here you go, Boomerang. Um, <laughs> but look at the imports that have come in as well. We've only had a couple of import signings um, so far. Um, start with one who we've seen in Belfast, Patrick Vronka. Vronka, yeah. yeah he looks absolutely unreal. stunning. Yeah. So, so like, like, absolutely amazing. He could be another Darcy Murphy His- 1.5. His like, his off season videos that he's been putting up amazing. and stuff of him like his, the stick handle and everything. I'm just like that is a thing of beauty. Like, and the second one, our new starting netminder, stepping into some very big skates. Yeah. I have to say, this is an inspired signing. Um, also, the second number fifty to come to Belfast mm-hmm. from Fife. Yeah, is Shane Owen. Shane Owen. Shane looks 
fantastic. We have all said it at different times on this podcast. Oh, yeah, that Shane I agree. Owen was a better netminder than the results in Fife showed. Yeah, oh, definitely. He was a major reason why Fife were so competitive for the seasons that he was there. Now, he stepped away from them for a while as he, well. He, he went, went away for a season. Do you know where he went? He went to Poland to a team that Wongas just came from. Karavice? Really? That's right. Of course. He did. Yes. He did. He came I mean, he went to Karavice. For me, I mean, um so he's played with Wonga in Karavice. true. Game. That that's inspired to me. That's a brilliant sign. For me, um, that's signing um again, we've we've talked about it. It sounds really cliche to say it this because obviously it is a very cliche thing to say, but he is one of those netminders that you basically he he is the deciding factor for any team. He will make up. He he really was a Amazing. massive influence, and as John said, in some of those decisive wins last year. But he was, I mean, no. And again, this is no. This is a new way reflective of, of Fife because Fife had a, a decent enough season last year. Maybe not as strong as maybe they had previous seasons. Tough but injury run. They did. Um. So I'm not going to take away from them. And because of that, because they had such a tough season, injuries and everything else, he didn't have the right team in front of him. So therefore, we whenever talk about, well, where have we heard that before? Tyler Beskarwani. Yeah. Where was he playing before us? Yes, but to be fair, Edinburgh Capitals. Edinburgh Capitals. He, he had about yeah. eight children in front of him. Yeah, well, well, yeah. I know. Well, there was that as well. And he had a guy named after a tractor in front of him yeah. as well. Um, um, but apart from apart from obviously local, apart from obviously our our love for the Belfast Giants, uh, any other. Um, anything else stand out? Any other jump? Any other players jumping out at ease for any player? Any other teams? John, me, 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 me. Just today, did you all see the news? Is this the news that Robert Farmer was leading the Nottingham Panthers? Absolutely, that's huge. Any team who can pick him up, honestly, would love to see him in teal. Has he already got a team? Or are they just haven't announced it? They just it's, announced that he's, he's going stepped, somewhere. Well, no, he stepped away. On the understanding, I have read up on this. I don't think we're going to see him in Teal because I think there's a game plan for him. He is looking to move to Europe. Okay. Um, so that's the the intention. Twitter went absolutely mental um, first thing this afternoon when this news broke and everyone's going, oh, where's he going? Where's he going? Everyone looking at the arena teams. Where is he going to go? Um, since then, um, it was released by the Panthers that he has uh, indicated that he's looking to move to Europe. So I don't think we're going to see him um, unless he does uh, sort of Ben O'Connor goes away, doesn't work, comes back, um, and hopefully if he does that, doesn't come to us. He does what Ben does best and uh, scores goals for the Belfast Giants while he's wearing uh, another team's jersey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, any any other players for any of the other teams that jump out for you? Uh, it's been a, um, a funny one this off season trying to keep on on top of it. There's an awful lot of movements this year. Um, nothing. Can I say there's there's one that, another one that does actually stand out for me and it's uh, Dundee Stars losing Francois Bouchard. I I was that was one of the names on my list. Yep. He was big for them last season. Um I know Dundee really struggled in the second half of the season, but he was outstanding for them and it's not surprising to see him move on and it's not surprising to see him move out of this league yeah. if I'm honest to um perform the way that he did in that team. Um, and you feel sorry for Pasha. They talk about teams having injury problems. They were riddled with injuries this year, um, but he was outstanding. Every time he was in the, the SSE, he looked absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we talked about this in a pod. I know that we've talked about it, but I can't remember if it's a podcast talk or not. <laughs> um, someone who stayed at a team, and I know that it, it, we had some different opinions on it, Ben Bounds. 
good. That's good pull. Good pull. Hot take. Ben, yeah, we we had Benny, this Benny, we had Benny. this conversation we had this conversation more in I think we did we I think post post world champs we, we didn't talked even, about this. yeah we yeah. talked about we haven't talked about it on the podcast no we haven't um but yeah you're right it was quite a debate we, it was quite a he- well it wasn't we had we had a strong you know, we had a strong conversation about this during our meetup whenever we had our meetup yeah that, for yeah. coffee that's what I was like we I talked knew about that, I knew we talked about it but I couldn't remember yeah. where we talked and about it it was that thing around um obviously he was he had a phenomenal showing at this year's world championships he had a great great world championship high save percentage hi yeah most, and also saved by number i mean some phenomenal saves pulled off and he he was honestly fantastic he had a fantastic championship and the gb's defense were on par as well so the shots that were getting through were quality shots they weren't absolutely so we amazing. discussed two things the first thing we discussed was and this is the one that was very unlikely is that either he doesn't get any offers from any other team around the world didn't happen i'm pretty sure that's happened or that Cardiff Devils have pulled out of their... They've just pulled out their checkbook and they've just write... Pulled it out of work. What do you want? You, you go, just, <laughs> just you put a number. You put a number down. Whatever you want from us, you put the number on that checkbook and we'll, we'll sign off the tickets. I... How how how, they, com- how have they no, retained... combination. How have they retained him, but also, is it a disadvantage for, ba- for, for Ben? It, uh, see, regardless of whether it's a, an advantage, a disadvantage, a good thing or a bad thing for Ben Bones, honestly, I think the biggest thing is is it's a bad show for British hockey. Um, that had the potential to be a highlight signing that highlights British hockey. Now, don't get me wrong. British hockey was highlighted by him at the World Championships either way. Like, people know Ben Bounds. People know British hockey as a result of that. Um, to me, to not take the offer to go and develop, he's made the choice to stay in the UK and finish his career here. To me, from the outside, I don't know the guy like from from Adam. I don't know him at all. From Adam Keith or just any Adam? No, no, just any Adam. Um, I don't know the guy. Um, never spoken to him. I've seen him from about 150 feet away at closest uh, at the best of times. Um, I can't understand it no. on a personal level. What age is he? I don't even really know clue what he is. That's how little I know about him. Um, you know, is it because he's not at the age where a North America move would be on the cards? Um, is it going to be a move to Europe? And then absolutely, it would have been a move to Europe. Uh, it, ben I Ben could so. have gone to the same league as Besco, hands down, and I guarantee Del Two. He'll have had Del Two offers. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah, he's not. He's young enough. Yeah, he could have made a North there America is. move, but it, again, it depends on where he wants to be. If he has no, if he's getting everything he's offered in Cardiff, it'd be a tough decision to make that move. Now, it depends on what they've, obviously we don't know, we don't have the same visibility that we have with the the NHL and stuff, where you can literally go in and see what someone's contract is and how long they're going to play with them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it would be lovely if that transparency was here, but then people, there's a lot of questions we get asked. Just a separate note, I I realise this, but did anybody see that completely non- factual piece that was put up by someone about the supposedly an oh, yes, insider yeah. from the elite league told this person all of the amount of money that each team was spending it was ridiculous like there was no factual part in it at all but if you believe that they said that obviously cardiff were spending pretty much big yeah. but 
which you could you could possibly believe that bit but again there was no real context behind it, it was like they're spending about x amount of money per week on wages and you're like how do you know this <laughs> like it's just ridiculous you know if that's the case then you know i can understand you get comfortable it could be hard to move move away um and he's winning in mm, cardiff yeah he's you know if, if we move somewhere else it's probably going to be a team that's not doesn't not no offense to bounds or anything but are probably looking for like a refresh or a restart. They're looking for something new. They're probably not going to be winning straight away. Um, and they may not win in the rest of it. They can spend the rest of his career there and maybe not win anything. Best example of that is uh, Smotherland coming to, uh, to Belfast and he hadn't won a professional trophy yeah. until he got to Belfast. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that that changed his whole outlook on the game. Um, and Bounds has won in Cardiff. It's hard to go away from winning. That's true. That's but again, it. when we brought this up, I kept well, one of the thing I, I asked was, well, what if it was if we put the if he was our goalie? What if it was Bisco Bisco that didn't you know didn't move on and stayed with us? Would you still have the same frustration that you like? He's obviously moved on to uh, to improve his career, improve his skills, and we're 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 gutted that he's gone, but it, we're happy that he's happy. Yeah. I think I would have had the same problem, but I wouldn't have voiced it half as much as I did about Bouncy. <laughs> I like is honestly because, it is because it would have he's a he's a Giants player or yeah, is that a okay. 100%, 100%. I I would have internally felt exactly the same. I would have been still annoyed about it. Um but at the same time I'd be like, "Oh, this is great. This guy who is clearly capable of doing bigger and better things is staying mm-hmm. with us. Um mm-hmm. we're on we're on a um a big run here for trophies again yeah um that's exactly you can see it the way that it went on social media that's what every single cardiff devils fan would have been looking at especially on the back of the news that besco was leaving belfast yeah so you take those two bits of news together doesn't matter what happens with the the forwards and the d in cardiff right now cardiff devils um are probably sitting there thinking we're on for trophies this year yeah especially more than any other fan base especially with sheffield keeping um whistle yeah the only two other names i want to mention before we move on because i realize we've, we've, we've stuck in the period one quite a bit here we've been on it for a while but two names just uh two two that i was wanted to mention was uh sheffield steelers um deciding to kind of stick to form like last season um and taking a ex-belfast giant uh in the form of brendan Connolly t- coming from glasgow clan and moving over to sheffield steelers um obviously they're following again last year's um method of taking over taking belfast giants players um obviously they see something in him still don't know why um and the other name that i seen that i just wanted to mention which because i thought was a bit of a surprise i'm just trying to find him on my list again um because i was i had him a minute ago and now he's completely gone from my list give me two seconds let me find it and um, talk among yourselves there do you um, want to do, do you want to know the uh the sheffield coach we find it out whatever we were who's that aaron fox Iron Fox. That's yeah, it. I looked him up. He's got E-Bell right. experience. Zagreb, isn't it? Yeah. KHL. I completely forgot. That was exactly who I was trying to remember. I couldn't remember who it was. Um, And you're right. Um, uh, Do you know what? I can't find the other name I was looking for. So I will just move on. If I remember it, I'll mention it later. The, um, the rumors on Elite Prospects oh. has uh, Ryan Martinelli coming to Belfast. Oh, really? Which I don't know how happy I am if that's true. I did like him when he was here at the last season. His first season here, I thought he was dung, but... The other name I wanted to mention, um, just because I thought this was a great move for for this young player, was Sam Gospel from oh, the Panthers. Yes, yes, yes. Stepping down, stepping stepping down stepping from down there, and sideways, yep, s- but sideways and moving to the new Leeds Chiefs. 
team yep. to Huge. be the first to start netminder for the Leeds Chiefs team, which I think is great. I think a great move for him in that he'll get more ice time, build up his game a bit more and whatever else. Um, and again, but yes, I think that's a great move. I think you know as a as a, as a player of his caliber and to kind of um kind of build up his game at his age twenty five, I think it's a great move for him. Do you know what? As much as that is the Leeds Chiefs Leeds Chiefs gain, that is the Nottingham Panthers loss. Yeah. I agree. And it's, I don't want to say they've treated him badly. He could have had way more ice time there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is surprising to see from Nottingham being the team that are so, or at least under previous management, were so big into development. Under Corey, they were all about development. They were, as far as I know, working so close with the um, farm teams in Nottingham um, and bringing the likes of Sam up through those systems. Um, that in the last season and a half or so that has been Nottingham's loss is Sam not getting the ice time that he feels he should be getting so stepping into that new team stepping into Leeds that's absolutely fantastic and I hope he does really well Sam was yeah. one of the sort of players I thought would have been looking at a starter this year in my opinion because um, he has been amazing yes his ice time has been lacking or a 50-50 split you know um, but it'll be interesting to see hopefully yeah. he does well in the in Leeds Okay, that will take us to the end of our period one. Um, there was a lot to talk about. Mammoth. Um, mammoth, first <laughs> period. Um, we'll move on to uh, our period two and uh, we'll take it from there. Hello and uh, welcome to period two. Um, on this occasion, we're going to talk about the NHL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um marty we have only the one topic um, and it's probably the thing that everyone's expecting us to chat about um, um well technically two topics okay technically one of them uh obviously is that we should mention since our last recording um everything went to right well since our last recording we only recorded really after the second round i think the second round just started the playoffs yep so we've now got to the point where the playoffs are finished um and obviously our guests every single one of his guests completely, completely wrong well i don't think season. we were the only people no one had guessed <laughs> I, think I, got, I think i got as far as the final and then yeah nothing went the way um, that i thought for the final it, it definitely um was it came out of uh left field um in that I don't I think well yeah from 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 round one um it, it, yeah it's crazy but um walking away with this year's Stanley Cup playoffs um was obviously Columbus um and they took the Stanley Cup championship um it was uh it's it's been a bit more of a a low key affair shall we say since they well low key in some ways only the fact that obviously they had um Washington last year had. Bigger personalities who um, I was going to say you're only comparing it to Washington, <laughs> and you're only comparing we don't, to one we don't have the OV tour this, no year. tour this year. Um, it's been relatively low key and quiet. They've had nice like things like you know created like new beers and wines and stuff in the, in 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 you know in 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 the area and they've put those out for sale, which is nice. And they had been the a first few... hockey pop to take a drink out of the Stanley. They Cup. did, yeah. And I know today they had a they were, they had like a. A series of just kids lined up drinking i'm guessing juice from it rather than actually any alcohol mm. which is you know a bit more did you know that's the longest um wait for a franchise to win the cup that has now been snapped really 52 years wow that franchise waited to win the stanley cup this rate the the while are gonna be setting that next record <laughs> <laughs> um but yes so obviously that was a, a first um as you mentioned that was a really good fact there i mean they walked away this year with the uh playoff tr- uh, playoff championship and stanley cup um and i think you know overall great seven game series to end the whole thing against boston um 
uh, a lot of stuff has obviously came out of that after you know obviously that last se- that last series and obviously um what's his name his name has completely escaped me uh from boston Shara. B- B- no Brashant, Brashant, Brashant uh, completely crying his eyes out. And I think a lot of people are like, yay. <laughs> this is your commitments for this really bad season of hits and stuff that you've been putting in. Hits and licks. Hits and licks and stuff. So, you know, fair play to him, you know. Um, but coming out of that, I'm coming out of this year's Stanley Cup playoffs. See, I had, I had a way of getting into the next oh, story. Yeah, yeah. Coming out of the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, this season, um, comes uh, some changes for the 2019 20 uh, NHL season. Um, among a handful of changes that have been approved by the league this past week, uh, refs will be required to use video review for all major and match penalties beginning in 2019-20. Gary Bettman did announce um, an expansion of coaches' challenges, um, a new rule for players who lose their helmets during play, and several small tweaks to um, to face-offs and stuff, which was quite an interesting one, which... Um, Dave, you slightly mentioned earlier, and we'll, we'll get your thoughts on that in terms of that. The main one common in that there was um this Cody Eakin rule, as it's done in inverted commas, is the um story that came out of the playoffs around a five minute major penalty that was uh received by Cody Eakin from the Golden Golden Knights during the third period of Game Seven in the Western Conference quarterfinals. Um, and as a result of the decisions that were being made, there are a lot of off ice uh efficient and was just number of errors that happened um it was a bad cross check uh to joe uh, palski to the chest after face off um palski was injured um took an awkward spill to the head refs didn't call the penalty initially um and they didn't assess uh Aiken a uh but they assessed him a major penalty after a bit of discussions so was a lot of turn and throwing and as a result the uh san jose were able to score four goals during that power play that five minute power play um so they went on to eliminate the knights in overtime um there was afterwards there was a lot of admitting around um you know that um it shouldn't have been a major penalty that there was a lot of stuff happening so as a result uh referees will now use video review for all major uh penalties coming out of that um so they can't be uh, resented altogether it has to be reviewed through um video footage and through video um so uh in addition to that then one of the big ones that was coming out of it was obviously the uh the loss of helmet which we talked about so um players who lose their helmets will now have to um uh, what was the phrasing that they put in there for the lost helmet? In thing this was... piece, it's not 100% correct because I did read this because this interested me. Okay. So the rule which has come in around the loss of the helmet during play is that the player, if they're not engaged in the play, must immediately, if they can't get the helmet back to put it back on, must immediately leave the ice. Yes. Unless they are engaged in the play right. or are carrying the puck. Okay. So that's in the face of the rule that they lately brought in, which caused yep. absolute mayhem a couple of years ago. Um, so essentially what they're saying is, now up until this point, if a player loses their helmet, they can carry on playing. That's mm-hmm. been fine, yep. but this is the NHL sort of moving on with the concussion protocols and everything that started a couple of seasons ago. Um, so they're making the point that the helmet is an essential item of um, equipment now. The interesting part of it is obviously that if they're engaged in the play, they're in possession of the puck, then they can carry on playing and don't have to return to the bench. But I'm not sure at what point, if they're moving into the offensive zone and they pass the puck, as generally you have to do instead of, like, it's not going to be a breakaway goal 90% of the times. Um, so if they then pass the puck, do they then have to skate straight off the ice, putting the offensive team down a player? I'm not sure. I think it still stands that they can stay in the offensive zone until the breakdown of that play. 
and then go back to the bench to get either a new helmet or um, to let somebody else off. Yeah. Um, the other interesting one, sorry to jump in, I was reading through this one, and this is a rule that I had seen most of these other rules. The one that um, jumped out, which I didn't catch on to, did you see about the goaltenders deliberately knocking goals off? No, I didn't see that one. Where was that one? So this is at the very bottom. A goal will be awarded if a goaltender deliberately knocks the goal out of place during a breakaway. Oh, I didn't see that because that happened last season. So this has happened yeah. quite a few times. We've, we've seen it in the juniors. We did talk we about, about it in the juniors. I think we talked about it once or twice. Lundqvist has yep. been particularly guilty of this. Yep. Um, so this is going to be a, a big one. I can't wait to see who Brilliant. the first one goes against. I hope and pray it's Lundqvist. I hope he just tests the water and does it. Um, so that's surely that's an interesting. Surely, surely they'll know that this is a rule. They'll, they'll know, like, but Henrik doesn't care. Two, Henrik doesn't listen to anyone. The two interesting ones that I wanted to mention as well um, before we move on from this story is uh, the change to the coach's challenge, which I thought was quite an interesting one in that from moving forward, the coach's challenge um, can now, um, they can now challenge any missed stoppage of play uh, preceding a goal in addition to goal to hinder interference. So that includes things like hand passes, pucks that hit spectators' nets and pucks that are played high sticking. Um, and also the fact that coaches are now permitted to make unlimited yeah. numbers of challenges. However, first unsuccessful challenge is a minor penalty and any other additional unsuccessful challenges will be resulting in double minor penalty. So which that, is quite an that interesting obviously one. means there's no impact on the timeouts now? No, no, no. So no the timeouts time. are still there. So if it's an unsuccessful coach's challenge you retain your timeouts yes um, but you end up with a two minute but you end up with a either a, well the first one a two minute minor and then after that a double minor yeah. uh, so a four minute the last one then that, that caught our attention and I know we mentioned this later and I told you to shut up pretty much <laughs> uh, until we got on the recording was the this one about the uh, the offensive team will now choose which so side weird. the face off will take place if there's an icing call I personally so think it's a game changer when the puck goes out of play in an attacking zone the team can choose where they want that puck to start to so they can choose play. their own side or they can choose the opposite side or it's, they, a, it's they nice also, and call but it's only nice and call they can also choose the left and right yes um, so they can choose right. left right and they can choose either in the offensive zone or the defensive zone so if for example you're well actually why would you like i don't oh, really understand why you would choose a defensive zone face off but you can choose if you want to go for left or right so if you've got a left a left-handed player or a right-handed player that you have strength if you have a team who think that they can score on a breakaway but this is going to change the way that teams defend if you end up with a defensive zone face off with a team going onto the power play what you're going to have is a very odd looking face off because you're going to have the guys are going to be around the circle but then you're two defensive guys are immediately going to skate back. So there's going to be no forward pressure. Um, like They're not going to play it as if they're on a, a four-on-three short or four-on-five short-handed chance. You can't take that risk off the front of a face-off. They're going to have to move back and mm. at least go to the red line, if not back to their own blue line. That's going to cause some weird-looking plays if I think any it's gonna, team I think decides it's gonna, to do it. Yeah, I don't think very many. I think the left and right will be the key. I think you'll get um, if your first if your top line has certain um, handed players. Oh well, yeah, normally that's... you're stuck out on the other side. Yeah, it's not you've got top players. line top line defensive guys off the back exactly, of face off. Yeah. The likes of <laughs> PK Subban, who and Shea Weber, who are blue line slap shot specialists. 
that's where that gets involved because you have them on the ice, they're ready, you pick the side, you scoop the puck to them at centre. Mm-hmm. There you go. Blue line, big blue line shots. So you could see a lot more of those big blue line slap shots. That's off, what I expect to see. Off these. So that's that's quite interesting. Yeah. Now let's move on to have a look at some of the signings in the NHL. And as usual, I haven't looked at very many of these. Yeah. <laughs> At least you're honest about it. Um, I the reason I want to put this in was mainly because. Um, right, you're gonna need to beep this time. Okay, I've got it. I've got Ready? it. Ready? Yep. Who's that too? All of you. Um, at different at different moments through this piece. No, none of us had a chance to you know, uh, sign Figue Subban because he went somewhere shit. If we're looking at, um... <laughs> <laughs> hope you listen to that fuzz. Yeah. Is, they is they that, need some help, so they do though. <laughs> um, obviously they took they end up taking two uh, Preds players uh, in in the space of two day, in the space of I think about two days. Yep. Um, big one. The big one that I think was the biggest surprise. Um, obviously, um, came in the form of uh, John's favorite player from the from Who the, are you going to give your star players to these days? Then? I don't know. Like seriously, I said this in the group chat. Like when this was announced, I what? Where was I? I was drunk somewhere. I think at home. Um, <laughs> You're drunk at home. No, no, no. I, I say at home. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was drunk. Regular in Tuesday night then. I was drunk in Fife. Um, I was drunk in Fife, and uh, this all started breaking. And I hadn't seen it on Twitter. And you guys texted, and I can't remember if it was Marty. I think it was you put it on. It was just like bye bye PK, and I was like what? Um, so yeah. So now I own um, two Nashville pre- two crested Nashville Predators jerseys. Um, both of which for players that then immediately left the Predators. So you need, I have to, Shea stop, Weber. You need to stop buying j- Crescent jerseys. Yep, then. Shea Weber and um, P.K. Subban. And that's it. I'm buying no more jerseys. So obviously P.K. was one name. Obviously he moved on to um, the Cardiff Devils. And it was, uh, it was even that he put... Did you just say the Cardiff Devils? Devils? <laughs> that's, an, that's an amazing <laughs> sign. Checkbook <laughs> hockey by Tom <laughs> Kelman. That's the guys just give them the league right now. I realized when I was saying, I was like, no, that's not right. Um, he moved on to, obviously, the New Jersey Devils. Um, and also then the following day, they announced that Wayne Simmons also moved from... Wayne to- moved. And when that trade was announced through the season, through the um, the transfer window, I wasn't overly um, worried about him coming into Nashville. I didn't think he was that guy that we really needed. And through the postseason, I know he had a, I think he had a couple of goals in postseason. I still don't think he was a fit for Nashville. I think... That was only, well, how many months was he there? Uh, three, four months total, I think. Um, and that was it. I'm quite happy with that one. As a Preds fan, I have to do what we all have to do, and I have to trust in David Pauly. Um, The guy is a certified GM genius. He has made big moves in the past, big trades in the past, that haven't looked like they've been absolutely in the best interest of the team. The prime example of that being a couple of seasons ago, the P.K. Subban-Shea Weber trade looked absolutely mental at the time turned out to be absolutely fantastic because Shea spent most of the next season injured and PK scored goals left, right and centre for us um, and was also a very, very good D-man. Did his job and scored goals too. There's a lot of potential in the Preds. Um, I don't want to say we're in a rebuild, but we have been shedding quite a few big names. What I think is happening is there's a lot of cap space being freed up in the Preds. Um, Yeah. There, I think we've cleared six and a half million 
um, with PK alone, and then I think it was like two or three or something with um, Wayne having gone. He wasn't on a huge deal. Um, he was only brought in for the remainder of the season anyway through that trade that was done. So there's big things coming. Uh, I'm more interested in hearing um, in what sort of physical state our netminders are in. Um, Pekka didn't have the best of seasons last season, um, but uh, Suarez had an absolutely outstanding regular season um, to give Pekka that chance to get ready for playoffs. In my opinion, Jose Suarez should have been given more time in the playoffs. I think we probably would have gone at least one more round if he'd been given more ice time. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Have you made any big big signings? I suppose Duchesne is probably the biggest Duchesne one. Duchesne is Eight the million. biggest one um, coming across. So he's been signed on a seven-year deal. So that's quite big. I'm interested to see how he's going to do. Um, but that's enough of the Preds. Marty? Yeah, um, I suppose for, for, for us, for the Leafs, I think my biggest, um, well, disappointment, but also it was a bit, disappointment is the only way I can really describe it because I was disappointed because he was one of, he was one of my actually favourite players, but uh, Nazim Kadri um, was treated off um, from from the, pre, uh, from the Leafs. And again, it's it's a disappointment. Um, I think he's had a few amazing seasons. He's all the way off to Colorado. He goes alongside uh, Cali Rosen. Um Again, both of them were moved over to um, uh, Colorado in exchange for Alexander Kerfoot. Now, I, I would have to say, Kerfoot, Nazim Kadri, I have to say he was a great, solid third liner, maybe. I'd say he was really solid, scoring points, uh, was consistent on third line. But I think we've upgraded from from that to Alexander Kerfoot, who's at least, uh, you know, at least a lineup potentially you know he's, he's a lot stronger as a player wasn't there like third him. third round and sixth round picks yeah. traded across yeah. in that deal as well uh, and tyson barry as well a defensive man and i think one of the big things that i talked about especially at the end of last season and one of the things that came out of the playoffs was that the leafs needed to bolster the defense because that's where they were falling down and again that's probably where their where their biggest uh hit came in the playoffs this season in this run so again the fact that they're moving in for a defensive player and actually i think they've signed two defensive player players so far I think that's a, quite a strong sign that that's where they were looking to kind of move their signings to. Um, that's the two main ones that I wanted to mention just from the lease. But I think the biggest one um, coming out of the last few days um, is obviously a move from the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, and we all know who I'm talking <laughs> about. Um, and I think, I don't know if this came as a surprise or not. I suppose, no, it did. Let's, let's not lie. I think it did come as a bit of a surprise that um, he was moving on already from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that's obviously uh, Phil Kessel, um, who's moving passage new. I mean, guys, what do you think of this one? I thought the the, the worries going's weird, going to Phoenix. Yep. Um, they're now getting, they're getting a star player, for all intents and purposes. I know he he has a lot of backroom issues and the fact that nobody really likes him. Um, apparently in the dressing room and allegedly causes a lot of tension, but no one can argue with the points he puts up uh, on the ice. And I think they'll do, he'll do well there. Um, whether he has enough to pull that team up, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think it was a really interesting choice in that the fact that Phil, Phil Kessel moves off um, in a deal that basically meant that the Penguins were taking on Alex Galchevnik, I don't think say his surname. Um, and he's actually a year away from being an unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was quite an interesting one in that they had obviously Phil Kessel under um, stolen contract for the next few years. To sign him off and send him away for a almost like a, a bit of a a risk taking um, 
um, by doing that, by taking an unrestricted free think, that point. I think it was quite an interesting one. Do you think the Yotes are looking for that um, older player to steady that franchise? Potentially. Is it think, experience yeah. that they're looking for? Phil, while he might not be popular with um, some of the, the teams that he's been at, I mean, obviously the last few years he's only been at two teams. He's been at um, Toronto and he's been at uh, Pittsburgh. Um, but there's big personalities in those teams. Uh, I was going to say Phoenix there. Arizona, um, as they've been rebranded for, what, five, six years now? Um, Arizona don't have those big, massive personalities yeah. just based on their situation. Phil is not going to be playing for many more seasons now. Yeah. Um, in fact, at the minute, he's not exactly taking his uh, off-season training that seriously. He's away playing in uh, Poker Stars tournaments at the minute um in vegas um but other than i mean looking at arizona's lineup at the minute um darcy kemper netminder big personality um other than that i don't see anyone big connor garland potentially big personality um clayton keller uh the only big one i would say is carl soderberg like you put carl soderberg and phil kessel if they can connect mm they could potentially be a big leadership partnership for mm. that team yeah. to bring them forward. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you never know. You I might think, see Kirky playing with them. I think the two biggest ones, um, I think, um, that of note would probably be uh, New York uh, and the Rangers there um, swooping in. It was quite a big amount of money. I can't remember how much. I, I seen the amount of money and I thought, that is a considerable lot of money you've just spent on a player, on, on a cap space. But uh, they signed uh, Panarin, um, yes. who's moved to the Rangers. Um, now he had a phenomenal season last year. Um, even though um, maybe not as maybe it doesn't look that way, but he had uh, eighty point seasons both with Chicago and also Columbus, and he recorded a eighty seven point season last season. Um, so he, again, the Rangers have taken a really high end top line player, um, and they put him in, and I think that's a really dominant player that they've brought in. I think that's that says a lot for what Rangers are trying to do. We talked about obviously they were saying about the whole rebuilding thing around what happened with them. But last year they didn't they didn't do too badly. But I think this year they're just really putting um, in place to say actually we're we're putting ourselves in a better place to actually buy again for playoffs. And I think the other area um, and the other player which was quite an interesting one was a, a huge amount. If I remember it was something like seventy million, maybe more. I can't remember how much exactly it was. But it was the uh, Florida taking uh, Bobrovsky, the the goalie, oh, the yes, goaltender. Um, they took him. Um, and I think it's not really going to help pump things, but. <laughs> uh, but well, I think that's mind, a really they've, good. They've just lost yeah, a big netminder in Longo, who's yeah. decided so I think it's uh, a, to retire. I think that's a good choice for a replacement, and I think it's a really strong choice for a replacement. Um, and I think it's just a matter of time to see how how he does for them. They brought in a couple of other names there as well, like Brett Conley was coming in there for the Panthers. I think didn't they go for uh, Strowman from from the Rangers as well? They took him in too. Um, so again. Two other teams that I think uh, have, have kind of chosen well during this offseason, but I think it, it covers most of the big names. There's only one one other name that I know is on the uh, free agency just now, and it's just it came up on Twitter, um, is uh, Brian Boyle, a guy who we've kind of kept tabs on through the last sort of few seasons. Um, came back from uh, fairly bad cancer to sign with the Devils again, yeah, a nice last season. Right. Um signed up on a one-year deal um, and is now an unrestricted free agent and is taking his time to decide what he wants to do, uh, spending the, the summer with his young family, um, especially after having nearly fallen through the ice 
uh, through the winter this year. Um, yeah, that's right. So beat cancer and then nearly drowned in his back garden, making a, a backyard rink. Um, but taking his time to make his decision, what he's going to do, uh, and decide where he wants to go. I think the, I think if he decides to stay in the game, I think it's unlikely that the Devils would see him move on. I think they'd probably take him back on another one-year deal, uh, let him finish out there. But if he chooses to retire, uh, I think there's no better guy that deserves a, a quiet life uh, away from the game. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've got any more. Does anybody else have any knowledge? No, not me. No, I'm good. I've been selling myself up for the last two weeks, so I've (laughs) not been looking at anything. (laughs) Happy days. I think that's all we have to cover on period two of... uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, it's been a long time since we did this, isn't it? It's been a long time, yeah. (laughs) How do we do this again? Right, without swift, without swiftly ado, man, it really has been a long time since we've done this. Um, Professionals to the end. Period. Period three is our general knocky Knocky news. news. Knocky news is where we get to talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey, which has come up in the last normally a couple of weeks, but this time a couple of months. Um, Guys, I'm going to start off with um, my first story. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to uh, look at this video, um, but. We all know what a Zamboni is. Um, it's the ice surfacing machine. It cleans the ice, cuts the ice, uh, puts down water for the, the new layer of ice between uh, periods and uh, before and after the games. Um, everyone loves to drive the Zamboni, but I've never seen one drive itself. Um, I this, did see this today, actually. This video went round uh, social media of a um, Zamboni that decided to go off and do its own thing. <laughs> um so, for some reason, the video doesn't seem to be working at the minute on my browser. Um, so, <laughs> the story goes that there was a driver on it, somehow uh, fell off the, the Zamboni while it was still in gear. And I'm pretty sure it's a hand throttle that's mm. on these things. Or some of the older ones, certainly, which this appears to be an older style, is a hand throttle. Um, and all it does is bounce back and forward off the boards um, constantly as it's going through, it's absolutely amazing. The best thing about it is the video cuts off just after it slams into the boards and heads back out to centre rice. It could still be going. <laughs> How did they stop it? That's How did the they question. stop it? I know. Like, you'd have to be pretty brave to go on there. Like, it looks like that scene out of uh, the first Deadpool movie when he's about to run over <laughs> you guys. Like, you're going to die by a Zamboni in five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> uh, like, it's just, yeah. Another nice little lighthearted thing to uh, have a quick look at. That's the sort of stuff we love on Knocky News. There was another story earlier in the off season. Um, I would have to go back and I'm trying to find it. It was a few months back. But it was a Zamboni story as well. And it was an, a, a really random, I think it was hijacked or something um by two kids it was kind of like the many ducks um thing <laughs> it, was, it was hijacked by two recce player two recce junior players and there's this video of the two of them basically losing control with it it's very dangerous obviously but it was also quite humorous to watch but um, i can't remember what it is if i find it i'll, I'll try and hook it out and send it to you again cool um guys my second story i'm gonna do mine then i'm gonna come to you Aaron, uh for the last one um cool I don't know if you guys saw this, and I put this on specifically, Marty, for you, because I don't know if you'd seen this. Uh-huh. Um, so this is the story. Uh, it was actually put out by uh, the Guide Dogs um, Association on their Twitter, and it was a weird one because it just popped up on my feed, um, not linked to sort of hockey or anything. Uh, but it's a story of a young guy called Nathan Tree who uh, plays blind hockey. Um, he has very limited vision. I think he, through the video, talks about the fact that he's got about 20% of his central vision and very, very limited peripheral vision. 
Um, but he talks about the fact that he used to play ball hockey uh, before he started losing his uh, sight. It's a degenerative condition that he has. And a friend, he stopped playing, obviously, and a friend says, well, what about um, ice hockey? What about blind ice hockey? Um, and they didn't do it over here, so he went to Canada and ended up taking part in the um, Canada blind uh, hockey um, sort of schooling. So learn to skate, uh, learn to do all of that. But one of the best things is um, his dog um, sort of comes to the rink with him. His guide dog comes to the rink, um, doesn't really mind all the noise, and uh, it's just a big part of it. It's actually it's a really 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 cool couple of minute video that's well worth having a, a little watch at, and you actually get a really cool insight into the game. So, for example, um, I knew that it wasn't a normal vulcanized rubber puck that they used because if somebody slap shots that and they can't see it coming, that's going to be horrendous. Mm. Um, so it's a hollow metal puck with ball bearings in it. There's yeah. actually a really specific number of ball bearings. 12. I think it's 12 belt yeah. ball bearings that are in it to make noise. Um, oh, okay. So they, it's a standardized um, puck that's used for this. The most interesting thing to me was the netminders. The netminders, by league rules, must be totally blind. Yeah. Totally. Totally yep. blind. So you think about any position <laughs> in the game of hockey where you would want even a limited amount of sight and that's the one that they say that you can't have any. Mm. Like that to me, like netminders are a different breed anyway. Blind netminders are incredible. Yeah. To do that all by the noise of the puck and the noise of um, the guy skating around them like, this is Daredevil level stuff. <laughs> like, that's what that is. Um, the video only lasts a couple of minutes. We're going to put it up on the website. Take two minutes of your day and have a, a watch of it. It's absolutely brilliant yeah. uh, and gives you a brilliant insight into that sort of uh, I'm guessing with the size of the export. puck and the ball bearings, it doesn't leave the ice then, really? No, I think it's still... I think, it's, it, I think it can it, give it a good enough hit. I think it hit. can if you hit it, hit, it, hit it enough. I think it can do. Um, I, 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 what I find is interesting. Is it, it follows suit in in the same way as um a lot of the other um. Oh, that's okay. Sorry, I was watching it and just said what he has. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, I think what's interesting is that it follows the same as a lot of the other um sports for bl uh, blind and visually impaired people is that um again a bit like football, a bit like five aside football, and a bit like um rugby and whatever else, and golf as well for for visually impaired. Um, it's all played with sound, so it's all mm -hmm. again that ball burn idea or the bell inside. To make the sound and create it, and also then same again, just like um football, where they've kind of made sure that there's a, an equal balance in terms of vision wise. So uh, if someone has maybe better vision, they are asked to kind of maybe wear a blindfold or kind of have the same level of um, sight as everyone else. So it's really good and really interesting. But yeah, it's great, um, great for sharing that, and um, it's definitely something I know I'll. I don't know if everyone in where I work has seen that, and I think I'd, I'd like to share that with them too. So look what uh, I, I found. Do well, do you know where they can find it? <laughs> they can find it on the Door Fourteen uh, website. That's what I'll do. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Aaron, you've got the last story, um, and it's another absolutely brilliant story, and got to admit, it involves gritty, it's fantastic. That's one of the reasons it is gritty, and anytime I see anything gritty, I'm like, I'm going to put this in, because John loves gritty. Um, but no, I had to, I definitely had to put this in, because, to be honest with you, it could have been any, uh, it could have been any uh, mascot, it was actually down to uh, the actual story itself. Story of uh, Caden O'Rourke, who um, is eight years old eight years old and has re recently been fitted with a prosthetic leg and has come has gone for a design inspired by his favorite uh, uh mascot being gritty 
just like everyone else in the NHL. <laughs> um, and he didn't just cho- choose Gritty because Gritty's his, his, his uh, favourite team's uh, mascot. It's because Gritty is fearless, is pretty much what he's saying. You know, he went budging jumping from the top of the ceiling and then fell on the ice. He's not afraid of anything. I think that says more about Caden yeah. than it does about anything. So yep. the guy's... Um, Fortunately, lost his leg, fitted with a prosthetic, and he's not—he's showing that he's not afraid of anything. So I absolutely love this. But anyway, he got this uh, prosthetic leg. Obviously, the the uh, flyer seen this, and Gritty went out to see him and surprised him with um, a few wee gifts and things. My like favorite that part of that is that it was all organized on the day that he got yeah. the prosthetic. So this had all been specially designed for him. His parents took him and let him pick the um, fabric that goes round the prosthetic. Um, and the Flyers caught on to this, I think probably through their partnerships with the hospitals, and it's the fact that it's the Philly Children's Hospital. Um, and Gritty was there and brought piles of merch for him oh, as well. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I fully expect that kid to be at opening night uh, in Philly as well. Um, in fact, if Caden doesn't drop the puck on opening night, I don't know who else could. Exactly. Uh, so I hope he gets to uh, be there on opening night. So just a nice wee story. No, absolutely. Nice story brilliant way to uh, to wrap up um and because it's off season it's uh there's nothing left Murray. no there's nothing um that takes us to the end of this bumper episode <laughs> um it has been a longer episode than probably what we planned but there was a lot to talk about um and uh yeah but we'll get back into the swing of things and we'll get back into more regular schedule uh for episodes we'll do another i think we'll probably do another off season one maybe just the start of august um, just to kind of do a bit of a roundup of where we are at that point, uh, we'll get back into the swing of things just towards the end of August as the first bits of games start um, to come in, and then we'll return to our regular scheduled format of uh, twice monthly, so every two weeks or so you'll hear from ourselves uh, on our podcast. Uh, we have a couple of bits and pieces that we're hopefully going to maybe change up in the future podcasts, um, and kind of just how, how it kind of runs. Maybe you won't notice too much differences, but we'll still keep the same idea our three periods um, with our penalty box segment in each period. Um, and then there's usually our overtime segment as well. We will change up uh, a little segment. We'll talk about that maybe in our later episodes. Um, we'll talk about maybe a few little changes we're going to make to um, a little bit of competition, friendly competition we're going to have among each other uh, in future episodes. Especially and and the, the listeners. And the listeners. And the listeners. We want we, you to get involved, guys. When the season gets going, um, we'll, we'll talk about our star segment and how we want that to look and maybe some little changes we're going to put in place there. Um, but we're also reaching out to our, our listeners, the people who listen to this regularly. You know, come back to us if there's a feature you think we should put in, if there's anything you think that would be a really good part for us to kind of maybe talk about, or if you think there's something that maybe that we can maybe enhance, let us know. We're happy to come up with, um, we're happy to take on board any of your kind of ideas and, and maybe chance that we can work those in in some ways. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's really it. We are, of course, a podcast of the people. <laughs> podcast. Uh, other right, things, yeah. well, is obviously future um, episodes coming up. We'll obviously um, maybe do what we've done before. It's kind of do a bit of a roundup before the season start. Um, get our takes on what we think in terms of moving forward. We'll we'll do our usual annual uh, predictions on who we think will um, take. Yeah, those lead. always go really well. They always go really well. Yeah, well, well, yeah, if you're Dave, fine. they do. Yeah, me, me for us, you've done pretty well. Um, you two just phone them. We'll, we'll, uh, says the guy who's normally on the phone. <laughs> we will do that in our uh, episode before the season starts, so look out for that. Um, as usual, um, get in touch with us, get in contact, check out all our social media um, sites on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we promise we will be back on Twitter a bit more now. 
uh, leading into the season. Um, we've just wanted a break as well, like everybody yeah. else. Um, so we'll get back into the swing of things. Uh, so get involved. Check out check out that at Door 14 Hockey. Uh, check out our website, door14hockey.com, for all our previous episodes and content from this episode where you can check out videos and content and everything else. Um, you can check it out there and also say our previous episodes as well. Uh, guys, am I missing out anything before we move on? Nope. Nope. I'm all good. sound good? Perfect. Uh, okay, well, with that, then we'll round up this episode and we'll sign off. Uh, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. Have a great week. <laughs>